I can tell you that the issue facing the Ukrainian people and our allies in the eastern flank is something that occupies. There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. They're so threatened by the idea that a conservative speaker might be persuasive and interesting and funny. One man's vulgarity is another man's lyric. And I would say one person's offensive speech is somebody else's challenging the status quo, rocking the boat speech. Are you looking for a podcast that contains verbal safe spaces and is free from trigger warnings? If so, you've come to the wrong place. Because we expect our conversations to be filled with rigorous debate, discussion, and even disagreement. Welcome to the Socially Sensitive Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. How's everybody doing? I'm your host, David. And I'm Wolfie. Yay. Yay. So I think I've heard somewhere that Elon Musk isn't going to be on the board of Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, he... What uh, exactly... could this mean? Could it mean that he's just going to buy them outright, maybe? We'll see. Or you know, he's just going to be a silent partner, or that's the uh, that's the big thing going around. Here's the uh, the tweet that uh, their CEO Parag Agrawal. Agrawa? I don't know how to pronounce the last name. He said, Elon's decided not to join our board. I sent a brief note to the company, sharing with you all here. Um, he said, Elon has decided not to join our board. Here's what I can share about what happened. When he, and when he says, here's what I can share, it means there's something that he can't share. Um, yes, yes, there so probably when, is. When you start reading between the lines a little bit. Uh, the board and I had many discussions about Elon's joining the board and with Elon directly. We were excited to collaborate and clear and clear about the risks. We also believe that having ED. Elon is a fiduciary for the company where he, like all board members, has to act in the best interest of the company and all our shareholders was the best path forward. The board offered him a seat. We announced on Tuesday that Elon would be appointed to the board contingent on a background check and formal acceptance. Elon's appointment to the board was to become officially effective for nine. But Elon shared that same morning that he will no longer be joining the board. I believe this is for the best. We have and will always value input from our shareholders, whether they are on board or not. Elon is our biggest shareholder, and we will remain open to his input. He replied back with uh, just a question, kind of, it's just uh, the smiley face with the hand over his mouth, like, I'm not saying anything, laughing. Um, So, Mm. I don't know what that means. Um... I've seen a lot of different things posting saying that uh, Cat Turd, who's one that I follow on Twitter, I like all his stuff that he writes. <laughs> um, but he said that he... Cat Turd? Yeah. <laughs> he... Uh, <laughs> all right. He's a pretty good troll. Uh, but no, I like reading uh, some of the stuff he writes. He, that's what he said, that today would be a great day. Um, because, you know... it. Twitter peaked after Elon announced that, and mm-hmm. uh, um, they're down um, from their high point at that point since he pulled pulled back um, close to ten percent. 
again. So they're back, not as low as they were, but they've they've lost a little. So that's what Cat Tart's opinion was. Today would be a great day to uh, um, go ahead and change that nine point two percent shareholder to a fifty one percent. Just go ahead and buy out, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know yeah, if that's going to actually happen, or it's just Elon's like he likes to play yeah. games. Yeah, and, and, and he likes obviously to play money games. Right. I mean, he got money to spend. Yeah, if you're he's throwing got, billions of dollars of at stuff, that I mean, yeah, that's a that's a pretty heavy. Uh, but yeah, like uh, leading into that, uh, for every you know, he's got all that money, but all of those dollars are becoming more and more worthless every day in this country. Yeah, um, but I mean, you'd think maybe this could be his way of saying, uh, "This is how influential I am. I bought these nine percent shares of your stock, and it went up, and now I'm saying I'm not going to be on the board." And the stocks immediately went back down. Now he can sell and probably still make his money back because yeah. it didn't go back. Oh down yeah, where it, was at. it it ended up um, today. But do you think this could about two percent up? Could this just be a, a just him trying to teach him a lesson? It's like you know, hey, you need to take me seriously or or, or whatever, because you know, just my presence and just my doing what I've done has affected you in this way. Um, yeah, could it, be, could it be maybe trying to teach them some kind of, you know, business lesson or something like that? I don't know. Or yeah, it's I, possible. I don't know. That's just something I'm reaching for here. I don't. I don't know. It just seems <laughs> kind of strange. Yeah, they that they, you would have. They ended that up much stock and be offered a seat on the board and not go. All right. They ended up three percent up for today, um, but for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still down a little over nine percent, and you can see the peak when he he announced and when he withdrew. Um, so, yeah, they topped out at uh, right at fifty one dollars, and they were at thirty mm-hmm. in the. I think he bought in at thirty three. So mm-hmm. yeah, and it's at forty five right now. So he's uh, he's still. He's still riding high on on this purchase he bought. He's it's probably not so going to drop down to where he bought it. He at. could still make he can he can make a profit on his investment if he just turns around and sells it now. Uh, but also by doing what he's done, it's down from that fifty one dollar peak. He could buy more stock, right? So. You know, just like what what Cat Turd said. Yeah, go ahead and pump you know, it up to that fifty one percent. And get it cheaper than if he would have done it at fifty some dollars a share, as opposed to forty five dollars a share. He's going to get away cheaper. Here's uh, I just like to see him just. I don't know. I want. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I want to see him do it all at one time like that, or just as kind of like just little snips here and there. Like you know, here's another five percent. Here, <laughs> here's another four <laughs> percent. It is kind of like you just kind of just bring it in. You know, we'll just get a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, because Until he's got, uh, on know. when he was on the board, the max he could, uh, part of the board agreement is he could never own more than I think it was fourteen point nine percent. Yes, so he could never be. And over you think 15. maybe that's? You think maybe that's why he didn't do it? Mm, maybe, 
but I don't know. Because there, he's wanting to own more than four. I mean, it, that would. He's a genius, I mean, but he's still an odd bird. Yeah, he is. Those things are true. So. But with knowing that about the deal, I mean, that would, to me, at least in the short term, that would lead me to believe that he wants to own more than 14.9% of Twitter. Yeah, I would think that. Because I, I would imagine the more after he bought and the more communications he had with the board and with the with the CEO, he, he it probably opened his eyes more to just how uncooperative uh, they were going to be. Or how mm-hmm. little they were probably going to value his uh, opinions on the board, and I imagine, input, yeah. right? I imagine him just how I, I picture how he is with SpaceX. Well, he owns SpaceX out, so I mean, it's him. It's not like even it's not a publicly traded. So, um, I mean, I know they have investors and stuff like that, but and then Tesla, but it's still they have shareholders, they have board. But it's still him, um, so he he's mm-hmm. kind of the final say on all of that, and maybe right. he he doesn't like that idea or realized he wasn't going to have as big um, a day to day impact on Twitter as he thought he might be on just being on the mm-hmm. board, and then he realized no, we just need to either go all out, either if that's his goal is to really make change. Maybe he thinks 14.9% is not enough to make change. Um, yeah. Or, like we said, he's just odd and he's just playing games. He, he thinks it's funny. Um, and he's got, right. you know, billions. When you've got over $200 billion, a couple of billion dollars isn't much. Even though yeah. it well, is. Well, and there are people out there that they take joy in being able to play those types of games with other people's lives. Right. They take joy and they take pleasure in it. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've worked. With, I mean, the guy's not rich, like, but I mean, I've had bosses in the past right. that like to play these types of games, and uh, it's not it's not pleasant. Yeah, like we're saying, the the dollar is not worth what it was uh, ten minutes ago, let alone ten days True. or ten months or ten years ago. So, yeah, the new Biden numbers came out. Here we got a little clip of that. Good morning, Dana. And White House officials had people bracing for a bad number, but it turned out to be worse. We've got it on the screen. Prices are up 8.5% since last year, a tenth of a percent higher than projected. Food and energy are driving this spike. But if you strip them out, the so-called core inflation number is actually a little bit better than expected, but still a 6.5% rise in prices since just last year. And these prices have been rising since long before Putin invaded Ukraine, but still his fault, according to the Biden White House. So because of the actions we've taken to address uh, Putin, the Putin price hike, we are in a better place than we were last month. Um, but we expect March C- I like she still continues to call it the Putin price hike. That uh, yeah, that, yeah, they they, this they is keep not, on doing that. It's not done by anything other than Putin's invasion of Ukraine. PA. Yeah, it's not it's not the fact that President Biden's a totally incompetent boob, right? And uh, his first day in office, he signed several executive orders saying that you couldn't drill for oil uh, on federal land and you couldn't drill for oil at all offshore anymore. 
and all these other things that you know that he signed, right. which would affect the call, the price of of gasoline. Yeah, that's it's 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 because of Putin and so. what happened just what last month, two months ago. Yeah. CPI headline inflation to be extraordinarily elevated due to Putin's price hike. They were right about the extraordinarily elevated part. So later on today, President Biden's going to go to Iowa to announce a plan he hopes will bring down gas prices, okaying the extended use of E15 fuel in the hot summer months, something they don't normally do because it creates more smog that way. And that seems to be in conflict with promises to address climate change. And even though officials here want to blame Putin for everything, this president has also claimed along the way that he's actually the one who's got the ability to bring prices down. And he's done it many, many times. Yeah, everybody. So that's what you always hear, the flip-flop. When Trump was in there, anything that happened like that, the left was always, oh, it's always, it's Trump's fault, it's Trump's fault, Trump's fault. But now that anything that happens, and they say, well, Biden has no control over any of that. That it's all it's all just what happens. I would have a tendency to agree with that particular vein of thinking. If you're working in a supply and demand type economy where you've got so much gas and you've you know you've got so much gas supply and you've got so much gas demand, right? And the the price is gonna it's gonna it's gonna evil itself out. And well, here's the thing: he's he's taking this safety net that Trump has. Well, he didn't put it in place, but it's because it was in place before he got into office. Right. But he made it. He made it more robust, and now he's basically just taking it and and just just pissing it away. Right. For lack of a better word, so that you know, if we ever get into or if we do get into a situation where we need it, it's not going to be there because he's trying to release it a little drop here and a little drop there, so that it'll bring the price down, so it doesn't look so bad on his uh, presidency. Right. So he's what he's trying to. He's trying to wag the dog or something like what is it? Yeah, the tail yeah. wags the dog. Yeah, he's the tail wagging the dog. And it's... it's I'm going to work like the devil to bring to, gas prices down. This Keystone pipeline, it would take years for that to have an impact on prices. There's an impediment to production in the United States. And it's called the bankers on Wall Street. We all want to keep gasoline prices low, uh, but uh, the threat of the crisis, uh, the climate crisis, certainly can't wait any longer. The reason why prices are up. It's because of COVID affecting the supply chain. Make no mistake, inflation is largely the fault of Putin. But experts are saying mm. it's not just Putin. There's also pandemic-related supply chain issues. There are lockdowns in China. It all comes together for these historically high prices. Dana. Yeah, it's all, it's all the perfect storm. There was an interesting little clip in there where he was talking about the international bankers. Yeah. And stuff like that, not one... I was listening to uh, Glenn back. This was back a couple of weeks ago, but he was talking about this, uh, whatever it is, the the new, not, not the new deal, not the new deal, but uh, but that's one of the things that he was talking about in his segment that he was doing was the fact that the uh, the bankers not wanting to loan money to the oil and gas industry and coal too. Oh, uh, the Green uh, New Deal because because of the yeah because of the green stuff. But no, it wasn't the Green New Deal. Oh. It was uh, uh, the reset, the Great Reset. Oh, okay. That kind of thing, and that's that's the kind of stuff that they get into with that in the reset is that they're going, you know, you've got to go all in on the uh, climate change, whether it's true or not, and I don't believe it really is. I don't think. Let me let me preface that man-made, man-caused climate change on this planet, I do not think exists. 
I don't think we have that much of an influence on the day-to-day carbon that we produce. I don't think has that much to do with it. I still believe the main driver of weather and climate on the face of the planet is the sun that heats us, and that's where it comes from. Right. But, yeah, I saw a stat that said this year $5,200 a year per household is what um, the increased cost of living it requires per, per family now, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So your average family in this country now has to make $5,200. Well, it costs $5,200 more a year to live than last year. That's that's a but, lot of money. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's a hundred dollars a week. So you're through groceries, a, gas, everything. Everybody's spending. We've got another president in running for worst president in the history of the country. <laughs> uh, and I think it's 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 pretty much a, it's it looks like it's a so far it's pretty much dead even between Jimmy Carter, Barack Obama, and and <laughs> and Joe Biden. But Biden, of course, this just being the beginning of his, I'm pretty sure he'll probably yeah, he's he'll probably outpace the other two. Yeah, he's he can. There's still a whole lot more he can screw up. Yeah, he heard all them say that. Yeah, that Jimmy Carter was the worst president ever, and he's like, "Hey, hold my beer, <laughs> hold my beer. I can do better than that. I can, I can make it worse than that. Gee, yeah, hold my beer, man. Have you ever? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever actually made it through an interview with the vice president? Oh, watching it From beginning no. to end. Yes, she can't complete. She that? can't complete complete sentences. No, she can't. She. That is one of the dumbest women I think I have. And, not, <laughs> and I don't want to, I'm not disparaging all women here. There are plenty of really smart women out there, but bless her heart, she is not one of them. She is so stupid. Oh my God. It, it actually hurts my brain to sit and listen to her to try to answer a question because that's just how dumb. Do you remember, what was it, Billy Madison? Mm. Is that oh, the one yeah, where he's yeah. got to go back to school? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's got. And the, he takes this big test at the end, and the guy's like, he asks him a question, and then he gives this great, big, huge, long answer, and he's like, that had nothing to do with what I asked you, and we're all dumber no, for dumber. having listened yeah. to you. <laughs> yes. That's her. That is how I feel. That is her. Yes. I have. Oh, if, gosh. What was her newest thing? I've got a, let me see. I, I have a clip of hers that was. Oh, please don't play it. <laughs> Well, go ahead. Let's just go ahead and just yeah. Let's let's do a an example of her stupidity. Like Ukraine, it's a country in Europe, and uh, <laughs> I'm not an economist. No, duh, Joe Biden, you're not an economist. Uh, you're you not ever, much of a president either. You ever heard that? I'm not an economist, but I've been doing this a long time. But here's the way to look at it: if car prices are too high right now. There are two solutions. You increase the supply of cars by making more of them, or you reduce demand for cars by making America's poor. That's the choice. I'm not an economist. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. And I traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. Anybody I've talked to about that, they're like, well, he was just stuttering. You know, he, he does have a stutter, blah, 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 blah. He, 
He's, he said you could define it in one word. Well, okay, if he wouldn't have stuttered there, he still never said what that one word was. Because yeah, exactly. he, he immediately goes into, you know, being in the Himalayan mountains with, you know, a changing thing and the... the and I travel seventeen thousand miles, uh, but that's not might not be a fact. Is, <laughs> stuttering is one thing; just <laughs> saying totally stupid stuff is another. There, you know, I mean, there's plenty of people that stutter that don't say stupid crap like he does. They actually, I mean, they stutter, but they eventually get through what they want to say, and it makes sense. Whereas this man, he just like it's like the old uh, record players. If you bump them, they skip. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's Joe Biden. We can just we can you can just believe that somebody probably bumped him right there, <laughs> and he skipped over what he wanted to say and went straight into the Xi Jinping story. I can tell you that the oh issue facing the Ukrainian people and our allies in the eastern flank is something that occupies one of our highest priorities in terms of paying attention to the needs, understanding it is a dynamic situation and requires us to be nimble and to be swift. I mentioned being swift in terms of accountability and consequence. We also fully appreciate we must be swift in terms of providing assistance where we can be helpful. And we will continue to do that. We all watched the television coverage of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see. And because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened. But just limited to what we have seen. Every time I hear her talk, I think of this girl right here. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps and uh, I believe that our ed education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries. So we will be able to build up our future for our children. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, gosh. Every time I hear her speak, that's what I think yeah. of. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's... Because that she just... girl just made just... <laughs> as much sense. She made just as much sense as, <laughs> as, as Kamala Harris did. Because Kamala knows yeah. she's got like, here's 40 words. Here's key, some key words. I need to just say in the middle of sentences so that it sounds like mm -hmm. I'm on topic and I'm, I'm t discussing things, but she's and saying nothing. Yeah. No, she isn't. All right. Well, let's jump into Sam Elliott. Poor Mr. Elliott. He, uh, this is really disappointing to me. Yeah. Cause I, I was always a huge Sam Elliott fan. He went on, uh, Mark Marin does a podcast. Um, it's a huge podcast. He, he, I remember he had uh, Obama on um, when he was still president, um, mm -hmm. which was huge. But Mark Maron, and Mark Maron's um, 
funny. He had, Mark Maron actually got Obama to drop the end bomb on uh, during the podcast. Um, <laughs> nice. So, uh, well, I'll so hold what off second. Sam well, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll wait till Damien jumps in here. Then and he's he's coming over. We'll play it as soon well, as now, he gets on. <laughs> there you go. Can you hear me now, Wolfie? Yes, I can hear you. I could hear you before because you were oh, coming through. I guess I'm close time. enough that to his fun. mic. That, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I could hear you when you were far away, oh. far away. I just talk that loud. But yeah, I can I can hear you even better now. Well, we were getting ready to jump into Sam Elliott to catch up. That uh, oh, does he have a is he in trouble again? Yeah. Well, no. Uh, it's kind of well. That's what we were talking about. Where he got in trouble for talking about the the gay cowboy movie. Oh um, yeah. That he slammed it. We were going to play the audio because he was on Mark Maron's uh, WTF podcast. Okay. Where they were trying to cancel him for it, he uh, he immediately cowered and uh, apologized. But we'll play the audio of him on the podcast first. Did you did you see Power of the Dog? Did you watch that movie? Yeah, you want to talk about that piece of shit? <laughs> oh no, you didn't like that one? Fuck no. Okay, why? <laughs> I'll tell you why. Okay. I read a fucking. I didn't like it anyway. Yeah. I looked at it. When I was down there doing, in Texas during yeah. 1883. Yeah. And what really brought it home to me the other day where I, where I said, do you want to fucking talk about yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. There was a fucking full-page ad out in the L.A. Times. And there was a a review. Not a review, but a, a clip. A clip, yeah. Yeah. And it talked about the uh, evisceration of the American myth. Huh. And I thought, what the fuck? What the fuck? What does that this mean? This is the guy that's done Westerns forever. For his whole life. The evisceration of the American West. I mean, they made it look like, what are those? What are all those dancers, those guys in New York that wear bow ties and not much else? Uh-huh. Remember them from back in the day? Oh, the Chippendales? Yeah. Yeah. That's what all these fucking cowboys in that movie looked like. Uh-huh. They're all running around in shaps and no shirts. There's all these illusions of homosexuality yeah. Yeah. throughout the fucking movie. Yeah. I think that's what the movie's about. Yeah. Well, what the fuck does this woman from... Who, Jane Campion? Yeah. She's a brilliant director. Yeah, so he, he didn't like the movie, I guess. No. From the sound didn't. of it, I'm, I'm not certain he watched the movie. I, I think he just watched that, that oh, clip the, the clips from about it. there. He just didn't like the, uh, I guess, uh, sexualizing. Right. The, now I did watch. I watched some of the movie until it, it just got. I haven't, it, it I haven't seen it. I did. It was really bad. I just don't like to see people get, uh, you know, the groups attempt to cancel a lot of people, and then them immediately take back something they said. Now, if you genuinely said something that you didn't mean or you were like, well, you know, I right. honestly didn't think about it. I didn't realize how that pe some people would take that. It hurt some people's feelings. My intention is not to hurt people's feelings. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with somebody apologizing or something. Right. But, but he's different. a pretty he's... harsh guy. Just yeah. listening to him talk. Right. He, he doesn't sound like a softy. Yeah, it's always odd to me when someone like that that gets, gets up there on something like that when they're talking that harshly and they know that people are going to hear it uh, and then yeah. they're somehow surprised when people get upset 
knowing that what they're saying is clearly going to upset some people. Because right. especially when you're that big, I mean, it doesn't matter what you say. Right. You, you could go up there and say end world hunger and someone's going to get mad at you for it. <laughs> well, that's what we were talking about. It started with it because uh, Mark Maron's podcast, huge podcast, millions of listens is he, he's not as big as Rogan, but he's, he's getting there. And, uh, but he still records it in his garage you know, and it's not like, a, as right. we said, not a fancy studio in a garage. Just some tables set up with some mics in a garage. I mean, and, that's all you need. You don't right. need a studio. I mean, the studio really doesn't change much. Right. And he had Obama on there and, you know. Oh, that's cool. So, um, and then, so I imagine, so Sam Elliott walking in there is probably a little more relaxed, a little more right. willing to be himself. And like I said, it's not like him being interviewed by CNN. Right. Um I'd imagine he wouldn't. He probably wouldn't even go on Rogan just because of how they've spun Rogan probably, so much. That right. If you go on Rogan, most of the time they just immediately classify you as alt right neo Nazi now. Yeah. Even though nothing about his podcast is even political. No. But here's his apology, sort of. Yeah. First, don't go do a podcast whose call letters are W T F. <laughs> that movie stuck struck a chord with me and in trying to tell the guy the WTF guy how I felt about the film I wasn't very articulate about it I didn't articulate it very well and I said some things that hurt people and I feel terrible about that the gay community has been incredible to me my entire career. And I mean my entire career from before I got started when I was in this town. Friends on every level, in every job description. I got gay friends. Up until today yeah, with my, my, friend, agent, my dear friend, my agent of a number of years. And I'm sorry that I hurt any of those friends and someone that I loved. And anyone else by the words that I used. So, I mean, I, I don't know. That's not, I don't think that's that bad. That's I mean, pretty grovelly. That's not him. That's WTF was how I imagine he is as a human being. Him on that was how I am as an actor in Hollywood to save my career. Some, but I think some of that could also be. I, I mean, it was definitely scripted that, you know, his PR team wrote what he was supposed to say. Oh, yeah. But, but I, mean, I don't even see what he said on WTF was that bad about gay people. It was bad about a horrible movie. That's true. I think he... he because... Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because what he said about the movie had nothing to do with the fact that it was... Yeah, I mean, he... A gay movie. Because... He does make the comment that he's... He likes a little bit more traditional westerns, the classic type westerns. Right. Um, the only thing he said really about the movie being bad that he referenced it even being gay was talking about, and it is just a bad, I mean, it doesn't make for a good movie, talking about how they were basically just constantly having cowboys walk around in chaps yeah, and, and no just shirtless, insinuating yeah. that all cowboys were gay. Right. Because um, to me, the, at least the portion of the movie I watched, that's kind of how the whole thing felt. It, right. I mean, there really wasn't much of a story. It was a bunch of cowboys just riding around in the West, and it just kept 
putting like stuff in to insinuate that they were all gay. Right. Now, like, you know, which the big one, the big gay cowboy movie that always goes back to is Brokeback Mountain. That was the big one back in the day that everybody that was real polarizing as far as either, you know, you didn't like gay movies or you do like gay movies. But that's a good movie. But it's not like a, it's not. It's not a poorly written movie. It, it's an amazing movie. I, I've actually um, never watched it. Well, it's, uh, what's his name? Heath Ledger. Oh. And uh, who's the other one? Is that Jake Gyllenhaal? What's the other guy in that? Heath Ledger and, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is the two of them. It's a love story between them. There's one thing if you're just going to slam a movie because it's got gay characters and you don't like it. But it's different if... To, and I didn't even take him as doing it that as much as he was slamming it was just a bad movie. Right. But like I mean, like you said, I don't even know if we even watched it. So he didn't like right. the whole well, I mean, he did say, theme of it. He did say on the podcast that uh, he liked the director and that he was a fan he, of her right. work. Right. Just not that movie. Right. Because right. he said that she... Yeah. I guess they filmed the whole thing in New Zealand. And he was like, how are you going to do an American Western filmed in new zealand well i actually disagree with him on that i think a lot of american westerns now are filmed in new zealand just because it's easier to find a desert to film in there. <laughs> you know i mean there are deserts here but it's hard i feel like it's harder the, to film in the restrictions are probably a lot harder here too right. the, the because we have so many legal requirements for everything anymore right i would imagine it's probably just cheaper to go to the desert in new zealand or australia right and film a movie than it is here so I mean, yeah. I, and I mean, if you're if if you're going to go down that road, then he should be, you know, what about all the spaghetti westerns that Clint Eastwood made? Right. You know, I mean, now nah, some of them are some pretty good movies. Don't you go, <laughs> don't you go yeah, start they, slandering Clint I'm Eastwood? Just saying, if you're gonna if you're gonna say next you thing you know, you're gonna be talking about John Wayne, and then we're gonna have to fight. Oh <laughs> uh, well, hey. I like John Wayne too, and I like Clint Eastwood too. But I Them mean, just, fighting I, words. you just can't just you just can't say, oh, you can't go to New Zealand and 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 film a cowboy, an American cowboy movie. It was like, okay, fine. Then what about all these spaghetti westerns that Clint Eastwood was in? That what they were done in Spain, right? I mean, to Italy, me, it, does, I, like it doesn't make it's not just it doesn't, doesn't make, make a whole lot of sense. sense, right? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to say that an American movie has to be filmed in the U.S. if it takes place in the U.S. I mean, there's. I mean, do you think that every movie that says it's set in Kansas takes place in Kansas? They film most most movies get get filmed in Georgia, California, or Florida. How dare you, Quint, sir? Quentin Tarantino made the best spaghetti western. Did what was what Django Unchained? Yeah, that is a really good movie. <laughs> but yeah, it lists his uh, favorite spaghetti western: The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Yes, that's an good. amazing movie. For a few dollars more. Outlaw Josie Wales. Uh, Outlaw Josie Wales. Uh, he doesn't list that in there. He Most everything he lists uh, is by uh, Sergio Leone, which is who did the good back yeah. in there. A few, few dollars more than Once Upon a Time in the West. But yeah, I think Quentin Tarantino was stuck in the 60s. <laughs> Based on that list, it kind of seems that way. Yeah. Do you ever see uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I've never no. seen it. It's a really never seen movie. It. Yeah, it's a really good I would put it up there in my as one of his net. Well, I like Django. Django's um, his top for me. Yeah. Um, he, once upon a Hall, Pulp Fiction. Takes, Pulp Fiction's. Pulp Fiction might be my top. 
But Reservoir Dogs is just so good too. I haven't seen Reservoir Dogs. Um, I don't know. All of his movies are just amazing. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is uh, that shows that he's stuck in the sixties. Is his uh, his his mental time. The storytelling he likes is from then. Oh, here's one other little quick thing we'll play. Take Greg Abbott up on the offer for the free bus ride to Washington, but that's it. As uh, people hop off, we believe on Capitol Hill. Yeah, this is a great feeling. I mean, I, I, don't I love, love the fact that, that there's a whole bunch of people waiting to get, get uh, admission into our country the right way. And because of the spat between the governor and the president, we're getting a whole bunch of people who just got a free bus ride right to Washington, D.C. in a beautiful spring day. So what lesson is that if you're watching in Mexico, Central America, Russia, Ukraine? Uh, don't even go through our system. This is how you get here. <laughs> Seems like fun. So if you're just joining us, we've been talking all week about how the governor of Texas said, I've got all these buses and I, we can't handle all these illegal immigrants. So we are going to offer them free rides to D.C. if they want to get on one of these buses and join their family or go into D.C. and not stay in Texas. This is the first bus that we have seen that roll that is rolling into Washington as we speak. We got word this is a Fox News exclusive. Our reporter Bill Malugin um, has a source oh. that is giving him this information. Exclusive video right now of these illegal immigrants that are now going to be living in the Washington D.C. Right, we're going to be paying for, and I'm sure Joe Biden hopes they become his voters. <laughs> what is it that they're? Uh, Asylum seekers, yeah, they get a green card within a year, uh, like I said, and they go to the front of the line. And I'm all fine with all of that, as all as it's registered and you're 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 contributing to society. Um, because there's a lot of people that are were born in this country that contribute nothing, right? And they're just takers. Um, That's true. And there's a lot that come from into this country from other countries. That yeah, they contribute a lot more than a lot of the people right. born here. Like uh, I, I always talk about mm -hmm. how when I worked at UPS, there was uh, a large group of uh, people from uh, Kenya there. They all they were all citizens by this point. But uh, you know, anytime you talk to them, they were just I mean happy to be in the U.S. They were we were all making fourteen dollars an hour part time, so you know we weren't really making much money. But they were all I mean to them, they said that's the most money they've ever made in their life. And they didn't even care if they moved up. They were like, we'll just keep this job because I, I get to live. It. They said, it doesn't matter what I do now because I get to live in the U.S. Right. See, the people that live here that take the for granted everything that is here, the freedoms that we have and the reason they have those freedoms. And, well, like we played that Kid Rock song earlier. The fact that you can even record a song like that about your government right. says a lot about this country. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. So, I mean, it's uh, better to be homeless in the U.S. than it is to live in a lot of other countries in the world. Right. Talking about other countries taking away rights. Uh, I just saw something about Canada. They, uh, they have passed a new bill that uh, to publish... Official media, you have to now get a license from the government. So basically, Canada's huh. media is now state-controlled. And is that just to control social media? So that it's um, not, it's kind of like it puts I, it as a lower tier, that it's not real media? I, I think so. I think it's because, I think, like, I mean, you can still post, like, I can post whatever right, right. on the internet if I'm in Canada still. I mean, Canada's still more free than a lot of countries, but... Uh, 
I, I think it mainly means, like, if that was to happen in the U.S., it would be, like, CNN and Fox News would need one to be, like... Right. But everybody then would look at, well, they're the real media. Right. When almost now, most people look at social media stuff... Or it's podcasts or than, news right. and as, yeah, it's more real than the, the it, news. Like at that. least, definitely more honest. Right. Um, there's. Uh, there, I mean, you still have to take it all with a grain of salt. I actually out. saw. A, I want to say it was Harvard. Uh, some school did a uh, went around to a survey of. I don't know how. I don't know what the who they surveyed or what, but uh, went around and did a survey from uh, people on both sides of the spectrum about how much they trust each. Uh, you know, listed off most of the top news sources. Even the highest ranking ones were still lower than 50% trust, no matter who you asked. Like, even CNN from liberals was less than 50% trust, hmm. at least in the group they polled. I don't know who they polled, but... Well, and this goes back to the government wanting to control the narrative. Right. Uh, you've got to buy this special license from the government. And, of course, if you publish something that we don't like... We can take your license away from you. Here, we'll jump into our next thing. Everybody's other favorite, Dr. Fauci. He came out and uh, said something the other day that, uh, that I think we've been saying for like the last two years. <laughs> this is not going to be eradicated and it's not going to be eliminated. And what's going to happen is that we're going to see that each individual is going to have to make their calculation of the amount of risk that they want to take. We're going to have to live with some degree of virus in the community. Yeah. No, so. I don't understand why people can't just wear a mask and <laughs> in two weeks it'll be over. Right, Everyone right, just yeah. wears a mask. But see, that's their whole thing. He says what we've been all saying for the last, well, not all. Um, anybody with a logical, you know, yeah. brain. Anyone with common sense has right. been saying these things. They're talking about, uh, saw Pennsylvania was talking uh, this week about uh, instituting indoor mask mandate again um, because of uh, a spike in the, the, whatever the other Omicron variant is right now. It's probably not um, that large of a spike. No. But it's just, we, we need to... I don't even understand the purpose of it now. I mean, because originally I think the, it was to show that they can control us, but I mean, they've already shown it why... I don't know. I don't understand the point of continuing. It's conditioning. At this point. Conditioning. Conditioning. Because now you've you've got kids that started school back when this first started that have went to school the the whole time they've been in school and they've had to wear that mask. Yeah. yeah. They're conditioning. They're conditioning the next bunch of kids coming up to for this. They're conditioning them to to be you know oh you've got to do this you've got to you know you've got to obey the government you got. It's, it's conditioning. It's what it is. Yeah. And it's just a, it's one more way to divide people. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, like we, say, we were saying earlier, I mean, we're definitely in a civil war right now, a cold war, but it's, you know, a, a civil, civil, civil war. war. Right. As, <laughs> yeah. As Tim Pool put it, a civil, 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 civil war. war. Yeah. Anytime you can throw something out there to cause division. We were saying this this whole time. You know, they called us Nazis or called us killers. You're going to kill grandma. Do you want to go out there and kill all the old people? Or Killing my babies. Right. Even though um, we want you to kill babies. But then there's some people out there who would not change their mind and their opinion until they hear him say it. Right. Or they hear, you know. So I wonder what some of those people think 
hearing this. Uh, some of them, I would imagine. They think, oh, we finally got it under control. That- right. But I wonder if there's got to be a group out there that now looks at him and goes, oh, the Republicans bought him. He, He's turned. Maybe. Most people are just asking, where have you been at the last two months? <laughs> the, the- Speaking of Tim Pool, I, I was watching uh, or listening to one of his podcasts. It's recently came out. Uh, and they were talking about the uh, January 6th riot rioters back from uh, last year, year before last, whatever it was, last year. Yeah. This guy, he got acquitted. Because yeah, because he gets of, up, he, he he goes in, he goes into, he goes for a bench trial in front of the judge and presents his evidence of, look, here's video. The doors are being held open by police officers. The police officers are waving me into the building, and yeah. then here you you can follow me around the building through these different cameras, and all I'm doing is walking around and looking at stuff. Yeah, and then right. I leave. Yeah, but so the, the real problem one, with his case. For, how can you get me for how can you get me for trespassing when the police asked invited me in? Well, that's what the judge said. For yeah, disorderly, right. How can you get me for disorderly conduct when all I did was walk around? Uh, unless they <laughs> let them out at some point, and I missed it. He's been sitting in jail since right, January yeah. 6th. Yes, he has. Yes, he has, and that's a shame. Uh, I mean, to me, this—that's—he's he, about that's to make a political pr- a lot prisoner. of money. <laughs> I mean, right, if yeah. I was him, I'd immediately be talking to lawyers. That hey, ha- I you know how do I sue? I would be. Well, it's the same thing, be. like you've with kept, the you've, uh, you've kept me, you've kept me in jail for the past year, and then when I went in front of a judge, he's like, "There's no crime here." Right. But you kept me in jail for a year. Yeah, there's that's a lawsuit. That's 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 a lawsuit. And that should be a good one, too, because in that year, unless he's independently wealthy, he's lost his job. He may have lost his house. He may have lost his car. His you know, his right. wife may or may not have left him. Who right. knows? I mean, and he's not the what only they one did that's been him, in jail. I mean, there's still others that are still sitting no, in jail. Yeah, there's still that a haven't lot. had their trial yet. Yes. And it's wrong for most of them are can, no charges whatsoever. Now there were some people did damage, and some people were pretty violent. A few people um, with throwing things and hitting right. guards, and the very first one that uh, Elijah Schaefer, the where he filmed because he was at that one barricade. He was one of the very first films. The footage that came out within hours of that happening. There's a group of them that uh, um, knock over the one lady officer. What's the guy that they keep saying is an FBI? Uh, the one that that disappeared from the yeah. picture of all he, of them? He's in that video, and he's the right. one at the very front of that gate, keeps talking into people's ears, telling them, right. we need yeah, to I've, go I've do this, we need to do this. Um, and he was the one that kept promoting... In that one video, yeah, that's what he keeps yelling. We need to get inside the Capitol. Right. And then all of them around him start yelling, fed, fed, fed. Right. And it's yeah. it's basically confirmed oh. that he's uh, he, he is an right. FBI yes, agent. It's, it's not official. Um, no one has come out and said he is. But, but she uh, wouldn't, when they asked, yeah, when they she, asked uh, she whatever her name is. She wouldn't confirm nor deny. Right. She, uh, everything they would answer. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny that. And so when they asked her, a, is he an FBI agent? Instead of saying, no, he's not an FBI agent, I can't confirm or deny that. Like, if well, it's my she picture, I'd imagine that she'd say no, because I'm not. She can, say that, that she can say that particular line and not be actually lying. Right. right. I can neither confirm nor right. deny 
Because uh, I can't another say no that, because that, uh, that'd be lying on the stand, and that's a crime. But I can't say yes because then I'll get in trouble. Exactly. And I can't plead the fifth because it's not a direct. Right, doesn't directly incriminate her. Right. Another interesting story that I've heard this week. You you heard about the 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 guys that were going to kidnap the governor? Where was it? In, in oh Michigan. yeah, it came out yeah. that it's uh, it was an Michigan? FBI plot or yeah. CIA. Was it FBI? FBI. Yeah. yeah, it was FBI. It was too. it was an FBI plot. All four of those men have been acquitted. Yeah, because they they it basically come down too. to entrapment. The yeah, the FBI yes. group was the one who created all of this, and they were recruiting mm-hmm. people, convincing them to join in with them. And yes, I mean that that's textbook entrapment. Now, granted, those guys were willing to cross some lines. But they never would have came up with that on their own. They never right. would have done that on their own. No, no. Uh, I think uh, I think we need to disband all three letter agencies. <laughs> Actually, that's uh, the the more. Um, yeah, I kindly agree with you. With the ATF and FBI being first, but with Fauci flip flopping like that, that's what I was had would take a few notes, trying to come up with some other comparisons, which the defund the police was one of those that they were real hardcore in defund in the beginning. And then eventually it's like, well, no, that's not really what we mean. And then they're like, no, we never even said that. And then it's now, no, we were completely opposite. We're for refunding the police. We think we need to put more money into it. And they completely flip-flop like that and then try and make you think the last yeah, you know, six months, two years, one year, whatever the time period. CRT is not taught in school. Okay, well, kind of what it is being taught is is not what you're saying it is. Oh no, CRT definitely needs to be taught in schools. Right. This is exactly what it is. Or with the "Don't Say Gay" bill, you know, well, parents don't need to, you know, know what's being taught in the schools. And then they're like, "Well, no, we're all for the parents being." Informed and I've seen a, a lot of here's people. A, a lot of people a, have, have really, now been calling it the uh, "Don't groom my kids" bill. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's what because it is. that's what it really is. It's it's it's, a, it's an anti-grooming bill. And here's the thing: you we can call that out as a as a anti-grooming bill, and they're like, "Oh, grooming! Yeah, you can't say that." But then someone comes out with like uh, who was the Tuttle Twins? It's a book series. Oh yeah, I've seen. Yeah. Towards towards younger people and you know maybe even to the teenage years, but teaching what America is and and it's values a, Western it's a values libertarian and stuff like that. book is what they claim to be, and uh, they're calling yes. it alt right neo Nazism that you know they're teaching our kids that, this. That's that's not what it is, right. but they call that grooming. Right. Okay. So to teach these particular values, oh, you're grooming your children. But it's not grooming my kids when you let my kids go into a class with a gay or a homosexual or a trans person and you allow them to talk to my kids about sex. That's not grooming. But actually learning the real history of America and the real things, you know, about our economy and stuff like that, all of a sudden that is grooming. Two-faced hypocrisy of it just always just seems to amaze me. The things we're doing, oh, no, that's not grooming. But what these guys over here are, that is. That's that's grooming. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, all that should be taught in school is basic life skills, math, history, you know, the, the stuff like that. Nothing else. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. There should be 
Yeah, like you said, reading, writing, arithmetic, history, and then home ec and shop. And right. that's it. That's that's what you Sci- should have in every class. school. And then, of course, you can have some sports, some extracurricular activities. But as far as anything else being taught, that's pretty much it. If you And if the budget allows it, you know, if you want to do art and music, that's fine, too. But all these other things that they just keep wanting to push into the, oh, they've got to learn this and they got to learn that. No, they don't. I would be happy with my schools if they just taught these things and taught them well. Which in Florida, which I saw that, yeah, he's he's requiring, yeah, they take a, a financial literacy, yeah. a, a financial, uh, yeah, a financial literacy, literacy class, class to graduate high to school. To graduate. It's, you know, For graduate. That's what we always say. That's why anytime That's you're in somewhere and you see a sign somewhere that says to not do this. Right. That means that somebody, sometime in the past, some fool. <laughs> yeah. Well, or you read like, a, you know, you read well, a dumb it, law and you're on, like, how did that become a law? It's because someone in the on, past <laughs> did it and they were like, well, that needs to be a law. <laughs> even on products. No, don't take this product. Like, remember lawn darts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's uh, long, oh, that's what right. I don't eat. Don't eat on Tide Pods now right. because... It became a social media trend to eat Tide Pods. That's why I think we're in the lawn position darts. we're in now is because of lawn darts and bike helmets. Mm-hmm. We lawn would've... darts, they went out of business because they had to put so many warnings on the freaking packaging. Yeah. They're like, we, we can't afford it anymore. I think modern medicine has gotten too good <sighs> that it's made it too hard for natural selection to take place. <laughs> well... It's good talking to you guys. I'm going to get off here. All right. All right. See y'all later. See See you. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from us, you can go to sociallysensitive.com and follow us on Instagram at sociallysensitive and on Twitter at sociallysense. Thanks again and see you next time. What you say to me Cause I done seen a lot of shit that I could never talk about. I don't wanna hurt your feelings Why you gotta be so fragile Here's the one we played earlier That's what we were talking about The uh Shut all that down It's still recording on your board Oh yeah